0: It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, July twenty-sixth, two 2016. We have 18 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have uh, north winds 10 to 15 knots today, gusting to 20 later on. And today we'll take a look at controversy regarding the new Panama Canal. But first, uh, a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have eight inbounders. You'll see five ships in the Astoria Anchorage today. And we have five outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the Eye Evolution. She's a bulk carrier arriving from Japan, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She'll be going upriver to pick up wheat eventually. In fact, that would probably be, she's going to arrive around 7.30 in the Anchorage. She'll probably leave for Kalama around uh, noontime and she will um, arrive in Kalama around 5 p.m. The Galleon is arriving from Japan. She's headed for Astoria's anchorage. She, too, is heading upriver to pick up wheat. She'll arrive in the anchorage around 8.30 a.m. and stop there for a bit. Uh, The Marabella is arriving from Japan, headed for Rainier's anchorage. She's also another ship that will be picking up wheat, I believe, at the port of Longview. She'll be passing Astoria around 11.30 a.m. and getting to the Rainier anchorage by about 3 p.m. The Tsang, Siang Tan is arriving from Everett. She's headed for Vancouver, Washington, and she will pass Astoria around 1.30 p.m., arriving in Vancouver by about 7.30 this evening. The ATB rig, the Pride, that's an articulated tug-and-barge rig, is arriving from Anacortes, headed for Portland. Her cargo is Petroleum, and she will pass Astoria around 5.30 p.m., arriving in Portland by about 11.30 p.m. The SBI Hermes is arriving from South Korea, Um, headed for um, Astoria's Anchorage. She um, is probably going to go up to the looks like the port of Vancouver to pick up bentonite clay, which, as I love to say, is one of its many uses, is kitty litter. She will uh, arrive in Astoria's Anchorage around 7.30 p.m. The Ancash Queen is a bulk carrier arriving from Japan, headed for Vancouver's Anchorage. She'll pass Astoria around 8.30 p.m. and arrive in Vancouver by about... um, Probably around 2 a.m. on Wednesday. And our final inbounder so far today is the Bright Ocean. She's arriving from offshore, headed for Kalama. Her cargo could be big coils of steel. She will pass Astoria around 11.30 p.m. You might see her in Kalama by about 4.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And uh, in the Astoria Anchorage, uh, we have other than the, the Eye Evolution, which will arrive today and leave around noontime, the Beetlejuice is headed for Longview to pick up wheat at about 2 p.m., passing Astoria. Actually, arriving in Kalama, not passing Astoria yet. She will later, though. She will uh, arrive in Kalama by about 5.30 p.m. That leaves the Ruby Inda, the Hanjin Hedong. And the um, Liberty Island, all the waiting orders there. Oh, and another ship also, the SSI Triumph, is awaiting orders in the anchorage today too. In uh, outbounders, we have the Argent Gerbera. She's leaving Kalama, leaving around 11.30 a.m., passing Astoria outbound, maybe around 4.30 p.m. The Neptune Ace is a car carrier leaving the port of Portland. She could actually have Fords on board, headed for Asia. Uh, She will be leaving around 2 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8 p.m. The Spring Melody is leaving Vancouver. She's leaving around 2 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8 p.m. The Port Alice is headed out of Longview. Pet Coke on board there. Um, She will depart around 3.30 p.m., maybe passing Astoria outbound around maybe 6 p.m. The African Jay is leaving Portland with soda ash on board, departing around 4.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 10.30. And the Stony Stream is leaving Portland, potash on board there, that bulk carrier, leaving around 6.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 12.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Well, um, I've been watching stories about the new expanded Panama Canal, which I reported on a while back when it opened earlier this spring. Um... It's an engineering feat, really, of epic proportions, the Panama Canal anyway. The fact that they could build it at all was really quite something. And now they've built another one next to the old one that is even bigger, and it is changing shipping worldwide because now much bigger ships can go through than ever could before. So a big plus for the shipping industry, um, just an astonishing engineering achievement. But the new canal is having some problems, and we'll have to see if they are just growing pains or not. If they can't solve these problems that they're having right now, it could mean a huge reconfiguration of the current design of the canal. It started when a big container ship hit the wall of one of the canals earlier this month as it was transiting through, and the ship was damaged while it was going through the new locks. This was the third incident like this that's happened since the canal opened. I saw this story reported by GCaptain.com. That's a really great Maritime News Portal if you are a person who likes maritime news like me. So it turns out that the reason for the crash has to do with a big change in how ships go through the new locks compared to how they transited the older, more uh, the smaller set of locks that has been in place since the early 20th century. And that other set of locks is still operating. Smaller ships are going through there. The story gives me a chance to explain a whole bunch of interesting things about the Panama Canal, things that you might not have known before. First of all, ships don't just start at one end and motor through the canals. There's a series of locks, they have to stop and wait, and ships are essentially towed through the canal and carefully controlled and maneuvered to keep them where they need to be, while the locks are either filling with water or discharging water. Let's take the old Panama Canal locks, for instance. Ships enter from the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean and they enter a set of locks, which are self-contained sections of the canal that can be closed off with huge doors. Ships entering the canal on either side must go up in elevation, I think it's about 85 feet, in order to transit the inner lakes, which are just at a higher altitude. So they enter the first set of locks, the doors close, and water fills them in order to raise the ship up to the height it must be to exit on the other side. The ships are towed through the locks by a set of locomotives. This is the old locks that are on the sides of the the locks, on the banks of the locks, called mules. Now, mooring lines are attached to the ship and to the locomotive so that the ship's movement is controlled by these essentially trains. The ships are held in place by the locomotives while the locks are closed and carefully towed when the locks are opened. this system has worked well for a long time on the old set of locks, but the new, larger Panama Canal has a different system. Instead of locomotives, they're actually using tugboats, one at the bow and one at the stern of each ship. And it's not clear why this system was chosen instead of going with what they already knew worked, but one group of Panama Canal professionals is complaining very loudly about this, and that is the Panama Canal pilots. Um, Ships transiting the canal must have marine pilots assisting them. And these Panama Canal pilots are very specialized in their work They really know the Panama Canal and how to handle ships in it. The pilots now say that the new system was implemented without their input, and had they been consulted, they would have told the Panama Canal Authority that the tugs are really not able to maneuver well enough in the confined space of the canals to reliably guide ships through. So here we have a brand new waterway and some controversy already about how well it will work. Ships, by the way, that are transiting the new locks are being referred to as Neo-Panamax vessels, and if you are a longtime listener to the Shipper you may be familiar with the term Panamax. It refers to a ship that is generally 106 feet wide and about 738 feet long in terms of the ones we see here on the Columbia. This meant and means that a Panamax ship could safely fit in the old Panama Canal locks because those locks are 110 feet wide. Now, there's not much wiggle room on either side there, but apparently it's enough. The new canal locks are about 160 feet wide, which allows a much bigger class of ships to pass through. So it's not clear whether this issue of tugs versus locomotives can be resolved or whether the canal will need to be reconfigured. Wow, it sounds expensive. I'm sure there will be more stories on this, and I'll share them with you as I find them. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.